Before we start the show today, Daniel, Matt, and I would like to give our condolences to the family of Big Ben. He unexpectedly passed away on October 31st, 2017. He was a great man loved by all, and if you didn't know him personally, you knew who he was by the Preds games because they'd always show him in his painted belly with a message for the team to get the boys going. He was a man loved by all, and he loved his family tremendously. And not only did he have a passion for them, but as a former first responder, he had a passion for helping other first responders raise money for charity through his organization, Firehouse Hockey. You would also hear him weekly on our flagship show, Penalty Box Radio, talking all things Preds. Ben, we here at Music City Gold and Penalty Box Radio will miss you greatly, but we know you now have the best seat in the house to cheer the boys on and that you'll be chanting, let's go Preds from on high. Thank you, and now on to the show. Hey, this is Matt Irwin, and you're listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. And welcome back, everybody, to Music City Gold, hosted by Penalty Box Radio. It is Halloween night, and with me, not dressed in costume, is Daniel. Hello. And Matt, who is not in costume either. Hey, guys. I was in costume, though. You were Just a few minutes ago. What were you, Daniel? I was just a Gryffindor from Harry Potter. Yeah, just, that, that's have? my house. I actually had Snape's, uh, Snape's wand tonight. I actually have two. I have the Elder Wand and Snape's wand. That I got from Harry Potter World and Universal. So, Snape Slytherin there. Slytherin, yeah. Oh God, that was one of the best. That's that was one of the best slips ever. So, yeah. Combining Slytherin and Gryffindor. Well, it's Slytherin and Glyph- <laughs> you did Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> See, it, it just it's so natural. You just want to say Slytherin, but it's Slytherin and Gryffindor. That's my ultimate house. But well, my house is Ravenclaw, but I knew that from the kick. Boo! No one cares about Ravenclaw anyway. Matt, you took the Pottermore test, right? Yeah, I'm Gryffindor all the way, baby. Boom. Woo-hoo. Give it to me. Uh, whatever. That's where I was tonight. I'm Handed okay. candy. Yeah, unlike me. So basically, I had to turn a five-year-old down tonight for mm-hmm. candy because I- Like a scrub, you have your lights on on your front porch and you have no candy in the house. Yeah, I felt kind of bad. Like I took like an extra couple minutes to get to the door because I literally ransacked my pantry real quick and I was like, I have no candy. Should have given him some vitamins or something at least for his trouble. Her trouble. Wow. Oh, well, either way. So yeah. I had to do the uh, the shame walk to the door and open up and go, I'm sorry, I totally forgot about it being Halloween night. As the little kid's like, trick or treat. I would have just knocked him <laughs> at the door. Yeah, Kyle, I, I don't know. Well, the, the light was on, so I had the answer. He had to own up to it. Kyle came up and um, made a pretty funny joke because I was sitting on the front porch and I was going to hand him some candy and then I realized... Well, he was the Washington Capitals, you know, he had his Washington Capitals hoodie on, and I was, realized that his Halloween costume was a second-round uh, exit in the playoffs, so. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he came dressed as the the annual President's uh, Trophy winner, but not the Stanley Cup winner. <laughs> well, I can't say anything about that, because that's true. But I like this hoodie, because it's more comfortable than my uh, Preds hoodie. Kyle's chanting, not my Stanley Cup champions. Mm-hmm. You know who was annoying to be chanting? Last week's Islanders game that Dan <laughs> yeah. and I went to, there was a group of Islander fans, like 30 or 40 of them, bottom of the stands, 
Daniel was not there yet because he was doing music practice. Oh, I got there though and experienced it in full glory for two excruciating periods because we got scored on like six times. But Matt, their chant was when your time they scored, the whole row simply went, yes, 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 yes. And I was literally like, I went, no, 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 no. As It was literally like the most uncreative chant I had ever heard. Was this the game where I guess they had posted a picture of all their players sitting together and it was like they, they filled the arena in Nashville with our players, but it was just like two rows of people was all it was. That was it. Yeah, yeah. it was literally just two rows. It, it, it was it was literally three or four rows behind us. That's where they were seated. And it was one row and that yeah. was it. And it just cracked me up because I was like, that was blown out of proportion yeah. a little bit. But And they were drunk early on. <laughs> but yeah, that chant though, man. Super creative Islander fans. We're like, okay, we know. Yep, and that leads us into the games for the week. So we had five games since the last time we recorded, and October has ended for the team. And I think we did pretty well. Uh, much better than last year. What was we last year? Two, five, and one for Two, October? Two, five, and one for October. So a much better improvement with key injuries, I might add. So sure. I I will give us credit for... Getting through October. So, yep, we ended October with five, four, and two. We just got over five hundred. We had okay. twenty-two points open for us, and we got twelve. I mean, I'll take it. I don't like those overtime losses, and I definitely don't like going up and losing to the Flames in overtime when we should have had two points. But uh, the the Flyers or the Islanders game, rather, that one was kind of like whatever. We just played the Blackhawks back to back. I didn't expect to win that game, per se. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. I mean, we got destroyed. We were a half step behind. The Edward. entire time. But the key win was Chicago in the uh, on the road. We didn't even allow them to get a point in that game. And Chicago s- started to slip the last couple games, too. Uh, I think they've lost their last three. So, Yeah, um, so let's go over the uh, games real quick. The first game we have played since we uh, last recorded was game number seven. At Philadelphia, which ended up being a fantastic game for Rene, who got a shutout. Yeah, sure. He did. was super solid that game. Saved our bacon on several several attempts. So, and always with our D blue line shuffle, the mm-hmm. uh, man that jumped in was Potato on the third line with Irwin. Yeah, I didn't mind that. Emlyn, you know, <laughs> Emlyn and Irwin have kind of been slipping here recently, so. Uh, uh, I don't mind rotating some of those other faces in, and we'll we'll get to more on that subject <laughs> later because I'm sure we yeah. we have a couple things to say about that. So. You and every other Preds fan out there, if you look at Preds Twitter and Preds Facebook, yeah, it's 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 a heated topic right now. So then you got game number eight, which was a very bad game for UC Soros. It was a two four loss, and this was his second game to play. The poor guy just got lit up, couldn't really you know do anything but that was also the same d line as we had and the same uh not d line d pair we had in the same forward line so that was against that was against the rangers right yeah forsberg had a goal oh my Um, god don't even get me started on emily's play against the rangers oh i got plenty of notes on yeah that was that was the big story one of the roughest games i'd seen defensively in a while yeah matt you were actually running the twitter account most of that day because i was preoccupied (laughs) So what did you think of Emlyn's play on that game? Yeah, my first note under that game, 
I've got that Emlyn gave away two goals. That's what I put it down. Literally, was the game. Yeah, I mean, if he hadn't made those turnovers and and let we the went guy two go, to but, one, yeah. we went two to one. I mean, easy. It, it was. I was watching it live, and it was one of the most frustrating things. Just watching it, even him trying to clear the puck, just a simple clear, was not working in that game. And um, yeah, I had some special comments to say about that one too. I know you tweeted several. I'm like first star of the game for yeah. the Rangers was Emmelin. And a classic. Another move that we did was we didn't show up for the first period. Uh, per so, usual. Yep, exactly. And we took a ton of penalties. I got a good stat for you. McLeod spent I put <laughs> uh, I put a note about how much time McLeod spends in the box. For comparison, McLeod has spent six minutes and seven seconds on the ice for the Preds, and in the box he spent thirty-one minutes. He spent yeah. five times the amount of time in the box as he has on the ice. And but and somebody uh, was in, interacting with us on Twitter back and forth. I think it might have been Sabrina, and uh, I said, she said, oh, well, we still got him playing for. And I said, well, the sad part is we got bigger fish to fry than Cody McLeod right now because you're having such big holes in the defense. And At least he's taking some players out, like, with some fights and stuff, and he might be drawing some penalties, too, with him to get other player key players off the ice. But, yeah, I would say we have bigger fish to fry yeah, right now. With, with Emelin's play up to that point, I was like, well, I'm not even worried about – I'm not even worried about McLeod because there are some bigger stories going on that you need to be handled first. So, yeah. And also, uh, here's a positive note, though. Even though we lost, Craig Smith had a good showing that night. Craig Smith's actually looked, I dare say, good the last yeah. couple of games. It's shocking. I, I, it's shocking. And he is proving me wrong in my preseason prediction, which I'm glad he's proving me wrong. You know what it was? He listened he to our listened episode. He listened to the episode, <laughs> and he was like, I'm going to prove Daniel wrong. He's going to have to eat those words, and I will gladly eat them at the end of the season because he's looking fast. He's shooting the puck. I mean, I don't know. He he just looks more dangerous. The goal against uh, uh, the Islanders the other night, that was a beauty, too. I mean, so he's shooting well. He's got the speed. He looks fired up like he's wanting to actually make that, you know, $4 million a year <laughs> contract. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, that leads us into game number nine, which was the Calgary game. Oh, which, God. Um, oh. We started off really strong. Super strong. Two first period goals by Forsberg and Yossi. Looking good. Thought we was great. Wrong. Then, Wrong. for some reason, and I can't remember exactly what happened, Arvinson got injured, went off the ice. He was gone for about five minutes. And in those five minutes, Calgary pressed back and got two goals back to back. It was as if the Energizer bunny walked off the ice and just, I mean, we pulled off the gas pedal. I mean, you could see it visibly that we were just like, okay, we're up now. Let's kind of coast a little bit. Save some energy for the next game. Boom, boom. Back-to-back, hammered. And the next thing we know, we're going to overtime. And the next thing we know, we're going to lose because it's like that's just us in overtime. Yeah, it's like you said, we started out hot getting two power play goals early. And so I thought maybe, and I'm not exactly sure about the timeline, but maybe through the first two periods or at least the first half of the game, we were clearly on top doing good. But as the night progressed, we started slipping down, started letting the goals in. And I was like, oh, I'm not liking where this is headed, you know. And when it got to the shootout portion, they gave the stats of, you know, the two different goalies. I believe it's, uh, who was Calgary's goalie? Smith? I thought Smith, but I'm not sure. Well, regardless, Rene clearly had the advantage in the shootout. Oh, man, they, they sniped, though. They did. In, in the shootout. Those goals 
were excellent. I'm talking like top shelf. Rene can't get those. Um, I thought we struggled a little bit in the shootout. I would have liked Fiala to take a shot, maybe. He already had a bad bounce. He already had the bad bounce. What about that bad bounce? In quotations, Mark. Dude, it was, it was a bad bounce. I was there watching it live. You know, it, looked, it looked to me like a whiff is what it looked like. Dude, it bounced up, and you're trying to hit it in midair. You wouldn't have been able to hit it. I think Matt But could've. saying that he whiffed sounds way better than it was a bad bounce. Bad bounce. Uh, he, I mean, he whiffed on a bad bounce. What do you like? There you go. Put them together. I mean, that's literally what it boils down to because I was there watching it live, and no one, it happened so quick. On the replay, you're like, oh, my God, how do you miss that? Live, you blink, and the next thing I know, there's a puck coming straight back off of a weird bounce, and he just happened to be there. And I mean, he was frustrated. Craig Smith saw him take it out on the bench. Craig Smith was laughing at him. I did see the yeah. as he came back to the yes. bench. Yeah. Craig saw him skate up, and he was like, "Oh God!" He knew what was about to happen, so he started smiling and he ducked out of the way as he just destroyed his stick and then handed it to the ref and just he got right on the bench. He knew he's like, "I'm just gonna sit out another." I saw the replay of that, and I did get a little laugh out of it because, like, you know, I feel bad for you, Kevin. You, you almost had it, but I think that was mental. And then going in the shootout, he's like, "I need to do something really fancy to make up for it." And then he just, he just didn't pull the trigger. Well, on a positive note, even though we lost that, what I did notice, even though Emlyn had his woes in the previous game, I had noted that Emlyn and McLeod both actually held their own, looked pretty solid, physical. Yeah. Very physical. The but the opposite was true. I actually saw Yossi and Irwin have a little bit of holes in their game at that time. So I thought it was kind of a reversal role. Emlyn and McLeod seemed to hold their own while the guys who were supposed to be great, Yossi had a bad bounce off the boards when he was up too a little too far in the zone and led their breakaway the other way. So that one they had a little bit of holes yeah, in it. That one wasn't as bad as Irwin getting undressed a couple of times. Irwin's man his drawers have been on the ice several times <laughs> the last couple of games, especially against especially Against the Islanders. Oh, my God. Uh, it was bad. It was so bad. So I just feel like the whole defensive core isn't consistent right now. You either have half of them playing well, and then, you know, your stars are shining, and then some nights you're going to have, like you said, Yossi doing well, and then what do you know, Emlyn and, you know, Irwin are doing well. That That's kind of weird. That's the rarity on the rare occasion. But yeah. we have not been consistent as far as that's concerned, and also we're still without Ryan Ellis. So that is huge. But we are positive through October without Ryan Ellis. And so. we've done really well. I mean, yeah, with Ellis being gone, you know, all the, as I keep calling it, the blue line shuffle keeps going on. And we've held our own. And that gets us into the Chicago game where we got revenge on them. Got a 2-1 win, and we got to see Samuel Gerrard get back on the ice. Thank God. Free Gerard. <laughs> Hashtag free Gerard. Everyone was saying, if you didn't think he deserved a spot on the team, you need to go watch the game. And, and the games that he's played even before that, he just fits so much better into our system than Emlyn. He's dangerous. He has a great-looking shot. He was facing some of the best players in the league. Let's just put that out there. I mean, he did well. He didn't you know, play like, oh my God, outstanding against Chicago, but look at who he's playing against. He's playing against Kane, Saad. Uh, uh, I mean, Sharp. These, these are the best players in the league. And I, I thought he held his own against them and looked pretty decent for you know being born in 98. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and another big takeaway, that was 
the great thing to see. But again, that consistent theme we're showing. First period, what did we give up? Something like twenty-one shots. Twenty didn't show up for shots. the first. But that's normal for this team. This team is well, always been. Well, they need to cut a, that out, dude. <laughs> Thanks, Coach Matt. Well, you need yes. to cut that out. All last season, we sucked for the first period. Got to the second period, and we just took off. Here's the deal, though. Peck was a superstar in that game. Yes, he was. If he doesn't come out and have like what? How many shots on goal did he have? Or uh, were that game? He had like a .97 save percentage. He had like 46 shots. They had 46 shots on goal, one goal against, and 20-something come in the first period. Are you kidding? And he gets out of there. Literally, he almost got out of the first. He had 30 seconds left. Yeah. And he almost got out of the first unscathed with 21 shots on goal when normally we allow like 30 a night. He was on it. He had several one-on-one breakaways. He stonewalled them. Peck is looking good this year, and that is a great sign for us going on. So go ahead. You're talking about, you know, how many goals, you know, shots and stuff like that. So the Preds are ranked 28th in goals per game. We're getting about two and a half goals every game. We're guaranteed that. However, though, we're allowing just over two and a half goals against us and we're 24th in the league. That's kind of why, you know, why we are near stuff, you know, just over 500 because we got no consistency. I know Daniel and I were looking looking at the standings after the Islanders game, and it was like I told him it's like, look, we're going to drop two spots because our goal differential is so bad. Well, you talk about scoring, and that's one thing that I've been able to notice. We mentioned how Forsberg is just on fire; he's lighting it up. The Joe line is great, but we're not being able to find that consistent scoring through the rest of the squad. Um, during that Blackhawks game, Yarncroak uh, scored a goal. And I've got a stat written down that said that that was the first, his goal was the first even strength goal for him, Craig Smith, Auberg, and Fiala combined. Yeah. Yeah. yeah secondary I mean, scoring has to show up. It's showed up a little bit. We're getting peaks and stuff, but it seems like we're putting most of the scoring on the back of the first line. Well, what also is happening, it's odd because last year everybody was crying about you guys' power play. <laughs> now like it's the best, hot. It's the best you guys freaking... were like sixth uh, to third in the league, depending on when you take that stat. It's um, insane. It's, on the power it's, play. it's almost yeah. insane the turnaround. But that's like you're only scoring. I know. Yeah. Right now, the if, power play is ranked ninth. And that's after a terrible game against. I'm sorry. Sorry. Penalty kill is ranked ninth. Power play is ranked seventh. Yeah. That's insane. And that was after a bad game with the Islanders where we didn't really score on the power play. Uh, I mean, the deal is if we can continue that power play throughout the season, and then start bumping up our five-on-five stats, we are f- absolutely going to be fine. And not to mention, like I said, Peck has been super solid this year. He looks dialed in already from the start of this season. So, Well, that makes one of the goaltenders. Yeah. Uh, not all that's him. So you're talking about Rene on his goaltending. So he's only played eight games because he split three of them with Saros. He's a nine four zero right now he's, in his save percentage. He's only allowed one point eight goals a game. That's in, insanely good. And real quick, we've talked about the Islanders game. Let's get it off the board real quick. That was a bad two six loss with Saros and Ned again. And that was a game that I think is to me is the worst game we've played all season. It was terrible. Right yeah. off the back to back with Chicago, get back. We looked tired. We looked slow. We looked like we didn't care. And the thing is, you got to compare the stats. We just went over Rene's stats. Saro's stats for three games, he's a .817, and he's letting up 
just almost four and a half goals in per game. Wow. That's what you get it's... when you don't play the kid. Keep him on the bench to watch Rene all day. And now there's talk of him possibly being sent down to Milwaukee just so he can get playing time. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I mean, when you have a goaltender who sits and doesn't have consistent play, it's hard to get in a rhythm. Pekka is in a rhythm right now, and you can tell he is dialed in. It's 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 very difficult, and we put a lot of pressure actually on backup goaltenders in the league to be able to come in and perform really well off of just a cold start. Or say your your uh, main keeper's having a bad night, boom, you're thrown in. You didn't even realize you were supposed to be playing tonight. I mean, it's tough, and I do not think all of it is Saros's fault. It's I absolutely think, not. I think two two of the goals against the Islanders he should have had. But at the same time, there was like defensive communicate like lapses in front of him and on top of it, he was getting screened by his own defender. Bro, bro, <laughs> you gotta like realize you're in front of the keeper. Like, if this is PK, I don't know if you notice this, but PK will actually turn his body when if it's if it's just like a one on one and he's screening the person coming in. Because a lot of times, if you're just coming in and it's just you as an attacker, you'll try to line up with the defender and try to shoot through him to get a blocker where PK will kind of turn as the shot's about to happen. So Peck has that great line of sight, and he can literally just glove it down, where Emelin just gets caught looking at the puck, and then the next thing we know, he's becoming one of our blockers. And uh, Saros just didn't well, wasn't able to, to clinch quick enough to uh, five-hole. It was, it was bad. It was bad. We, we've let him out to dry on several occasions. Yeah, that Islanders game, he got a .739 save percentage. Six goals on 23 shots. Wow. And like we said, those are not all his fault. Maybe one or two, yes, he should have had. Yeah. But it seemed like the entire team just had a massive breakdown in communication. Well, we're going to have to get that fixed because while it might be a few different factors and not just Soros' fault himself, on those nights that we're giving Rene a rest, you're going to have to amp that level up because we're going to have to get some wins out of that. Because we brought them in to take the, yeah, or 3 and zero. Sorry, o three zero. So we have not gotten a point. Yeah, when Saros has been in net, and I think that totally needs to be addressed because the the defense, the defensemen kind of know that if Peck's in goal, we might be able to lapse once or twice. He's their safety net. He's their bl- safety blanket, per se. Yeah. Because oh, I, I may have struggled right there. Well, Peck's gonna gobble that up. Well, if you have a goaltender who's just been thrown in you know, for one game here and there and isn't dialed in. He's not going to save your bacon he's quite not, as much yeah, as Yeah, he's not. Went. He's not. The Chicago game proved that. I mean, he saved our bacon like three or four times. Had that been Soros, I guarantee you it would have been three to nil in the first period. Well, another thing with the defense playing this uh, shifting uh, lines all the time, that's not something they've got dialed in yet. But as the season progresses, as they get those players back, they're going to start to dial in, and they will hopefully be able to play tighter in front of Soros to help him. I, I really think that will make a huge difference once Ellis comes back. It, it's almost mind-boggling what Ellis does for our team as far as power play, penalty kill. I mean, he brings a ridiculous slap shot on the power play. On the penalty kill, he stands that blue line up like a champ. He he comes with that top four solid defensive skills. He lays out for those pucks. He blocks those pucks in front of the keeper. How many times did we see that in the playoffs? Plenty. I mean, yeah. dude went probably down with some of his injuries because yeah. he took like that one game, he was injured already, and he took two while standing in the net. Yeah, there's an actual photo. I don't know which playoff game it is. So the entire playoff run, there's this great photo from the goal camera 
where Rene is kind of out in the net, yeah, top of the he, crease. He already made that save. And he then... made the, yeah, he made the save. So you've got Rene top of the crease. Ellis comes around behind him and acts as a second goalkeeper. Yeah, and I the love that. camera got just a great shot of that puck right there, and both of them blocking. I was he like, doesn't have goalkeeper gosh, that is pads. Beautiful. He doesn't have goalkeeper pads. He's putting his body out there for the team, and that's something we need. And unfortunately, he paid the price for it. But we'll once we we get him back, and also Benino, we're missing a center too. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, we're doing really well for missing two major components on our team. I, I'm talking a second line center and a top four defenseman. If it if it and we're hadn't still above been 500 for. Philip Forsberg and your guys' power play, you guys would be roasting right now. Oh, dude, it, it'd be bad. We'd be we'd, we'd be at, we'd be uh, where we were last season. Yeah, probably two five and one. But as it is, pretty happy given the circumstances. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'll take that record considering everything, injuries, and uh, I mean, it's incredible. I'm just happy that Forsberg's had a great season. I mean, look at this. He finishes October with eight goals, five assists. That's crazy. He's never had this good a start with the team. He beat James Neal's record for the hottest October. Did he? He had um, seven goals, and that was our franchise record for October, and um, he overtook him. So it was like kind of suck it, James Neal. You're gone now. This is my team now. <laughs> so, yeah, he has eight goals, which is just mind-boggling. Which Look, he can, take that, he can take that real deal star power to Vegas, help them out. He's been killing it over there. But I'll Speaking talk- of Vegas, did you see about Oscar Dansk? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Vegas, there must be a curse on Vegas. I, I don't I, it's almost mind-boggling. Now, three goaltenders now? I, I mean, what is the odds of that happening? The Vegas loves the odds. Hold on, hold on. How about this one? Three goaltenders and still starting off the way? It's it's mind-boggling. What are they 8 and 2, I think? Uh 8 and 3 now. The Rangers just beat them. Oh, okay. With their fourth string goalie, yeah. which I was like <laughs> I hope to God the Rangers could win against their fourth-string yeah. goalie. Uh, did they say what he was injured with? Is it just lower body again? For Subban or um, Which one? Or so, Dansk, Flurry, and Subban. Wait, wait, Dansk got injured? Yeah. You didn't hear about this? No. Dansk didn't play tonight. That's They're starting their fourth-string goalie. I'm going to pull it up. Go, Keep going, guys. I hadn't heard what the specific injury was. Of course, they're not probably not going to relay that to everybody. It's probably going to be that infamous lower, lower body. body yeah. Yeah. It's always a lower body injury. Especially, yeah, with the goalies. That makes me wonder. Their AHL team is Chicago Wolves. If you pull the third and fourth string, that means the Wolves have got to go to their ECHL team and start pulling goalies up. I don't even know. At what point do you actually activate the emergency backup goalie? Maxine, Maxine Lagasse. He got hammered tonight, though. Never heard of him. Who heard of any of these other? I mean, it's just it's ridiculous at this point. They're in their fourth goalie, like twelve games in. It makes me wonder. They're averaging a goalie every three games. I'm telling you, I the mean, Vegas curse. Uh, Look, they keep this up, they're making playoffs. They oh. just lost tonight. Yeah. Okay, they're eight and three. You said they still had a great October. <laughs> everyone gave them. Everyone gave them a hard time because they were an expansion team. I tell you what, and said they weren't going to do good, and here they are, top of top ten in the league. We'll, we'll talk when Flurry comes back, and there's been a couple. They're games. currently my favorite team to watch, though. They They're are fun. very fun to watch, and it makes you wonder: all the players that got exposed, how bad were they actually, or how good were they actually? I, I think that just goes to show you in the salary cap era that we're in now, it's very favorable for a team to come in and pick up the scraps, which aren't really scraps anymore. Of They're a team. the uh, the hottest expansion team to get off to the start to get eight wins. Yeah. Yeah, and that's with four four different goaltenders. Yeah. 
So an amazing story there in Vegas. So you're talking about uh, goaltenders. So we're going to circle back to the Saros thing real quick because the, our own farm team in Milwaukee has had a pretty hot goaltender too. Yes, and this Anders is worth Lindback. talking about because if we send Saros back, I have a feeling. Oh, I absolutely believe that if it doesn't happen soon, it eventually will. They'll say, Saros, you need to get some play time. We're going to send you to Milwaukee. We're going to bring Lindback back to the Preds. Ooh, for the second time. And what's funny is, <laughs> Limbeck's back, um, back again. Daniel Lavender has said that when Limbeck comes on the ice, he's still got his actual like Preds goalie pads, and he covers yep. it up with like blue patches. Yep. So I think he deserves a shot to come back because watching him in preseason, man made some amazing saves. Yeah, I I was about to say we went to some of those preseason games, so we got to see him in action, and the only one that was ungodly frustrating was when he got out of the goal and he shot it at the <laughs> defender and it banked back in the goal. I was like, bro, Over in the classic, you are not Matt peck. Bain yelling mm. at the... Oh, dude, Matt would have been standing up. In the... <laughs> Stay in the crease. Because, I mean, it, it was bad. And I think he realized that. And I think he's probably toned that down and probably started staying at home. So let's talk about his stats real quick then. So he's had 140 shots on him in six games. He's only had 14 goals against for a 9.09. In all five games that he won, except for one of them, he got a .920 or better. That's very good for a starting AHL goaltender. And they say that for a starting goaltender or even a backup goaltender, anything below 900 is bad. So at this point, I think Lindback is the hot goaltender. Bring him up. Put Saros back down. Yes, he is the heir apparent to Rene. There's probably going to be nothing that changes that unless Saros has a, just a drastic meltdown that he's going to come back. Because I know a lot of people started questioning that. And it's like, well, what do you what do you care? You set your goaltender for all your games except three. He gets rusty. The only time he gets practice is when he gets out there for practice and doesn't do anything else. Well, when Saros came up straight from Milwaukee on his stint of a lot of games when he was, you know, AHL Rookie of the Year and everything, he looked fantastic. He did. I, I mean, he looked Pekka caliber. I, I mean, he's very nimble, very fast for being a. He has to make up for you know his short stature, so that speed, the left to right movement, and his glove hand is is fairly strong. But that said, he has had flashes where he looks to be one an elite goaltender, and he can be. But I think it's just going to take him getting in that rhythm. Yeah, the defense needs to patch it up in front of him, but I'm still holding back as far as saying that he's the heir apparent. I still want you to show me. I'm still, let me see it first and then I'll believe it. But right now. But he's got two years. He's probably got two years. We got Peck at least this year and next year, and even Peck's gone on record saying that. Yep. We have this year and, and next year with Peck, and then he said, we'll see what happens after that because that's when his contract expires. If he's still playing at an elite level, I don't see why we don't sign Peck for another year. Yeah, but at that point, then you're going to stymie the growth of Saros. Because if Rene, si- if Rene signs for an additional year, do you think he'd be complacent to be the backup goaltender? I think at that point, they might be starting a transition of doing like half and half games. I don't know if I'm a fan of that, personally. But if you can put him in stretches where it's like three games, three games, three games, or you get their away game, you know... And, and make it to where they do get in a cycle, rather, and you're not just starting one goaltender here, one there. Um, I think it could be beneficial, 
But well, that's once still, again, that's two years. That's from still now. down the road. Yeah, so so I, we'll I, cross that bridge when we need to. Yeah. Let's fix our defense first, though, before we get into the um, talks about goalies, because I want this team to burn that year of Samuel Gerrard's contract. Oh, for real? Oh. Free Gerrard. Yeah, screw the year. Burned off his contract. You guys need defense now. What's the point of limiting to however many games? Was it nine games? Or? Yeah, he's got nine games, and he's played four of the nine so You're far. You're going to stretch that out across the whole year and yeah. not let him play? I, I understand that. Let him play now. If he's in your top, he's probably your top four defense right now, so just let him play. Absolutely. Burn the year. Screw the contract. Put Emily in the press box. They'll let him play. It's one of those, and I understand where they're coming from because they're like money standpoint. Well, we get another year of his, you know, rookie contract, but he is playing NHL level, and he looks good doing it. He looks good in our system. More importantly, the, I, the, the other people look like fish out of water. There I mean, is a need for it now. It's not something you can. I don't know if you can afford to hold off on to him because you're shooting yourself in the foot because you guys have a hole in that area right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't understand why we just don't burn it anyways. But they said they're going to be. They're going to have a review, and that that ha- apparently happened after the Islanders game and before this San Jose game because we had a, a little bit of a break and we've played ten games. So uh, Lavi said that they were going to have like a management discussion, and I guarantee you, he was in that discussion because now he's played a couple games. We're getting closer to that magical nine goal mark. What are you going to do? Are you going to get to that point, send them back down, and then start rotating in, like, say, Daughtry and Carrier until Ellis comes back? I could see them doing that. Absolutely. That, that, that seems more of the poil move. Um, I would like to see them actually probably sit Emelin, Potato, <laughs> Weber, and Irwin. And then bring up Holy Daughtry, smoke. Wow. Holy smoke, Kyle. <laughs> you just set four of our players down. <laughs> Holy smoke. Burn the bridge. Kyle's ready. That third that third pair needs to be competitive. I know that a lot of times you put your worst defenseman on the third pair. You shelter them. You don't give them a lot of minutes. What would Nashville be like? Because we're already known for like one of the best decors in the league. What if we had three capable G pairs? And didn't have to shelter them and gave them all good playing time. That would be nice. Realistic, no. I mean, because our top it's four, a radical, because, I know. because our top four is so good that the bottom, the the third pair is not going to get contrast, as much. Yeah. I, because it, our top four is that much better than our bottom three. It, it's. I don't know if you can have solid bottom line if you're kicking them all off your bench, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, good lord, He's Burn burning the bridge, burning <laughs> the whole the whole bridge and the ship in the process, but. Um, I, I don't know. I will agree that Carrier and Daughtry looked better than definitely Matt Irwin and Emlyn right now. So and it's surprising because Irwin had a good season last year. He did. And it seems like this year it's kind of like, oh, we're going to regress down just a bit. And you hate to see that with good players that can play well when they have a regression in the season because you're like, was that really all you had? You know, is there any more? I think some of that is coming off of the um, the penalty enforcement. I've noticed this on a lot of situations where they seem timid with their their stick because before they could reach out, kind of hook, kind of grab yeah. a little bit on the edges, where now you're getting burnt and scorched on the edges. You're either a half step behind and then you try to make up for it with a stick – that was last year. This year, you can't even so much as yeah. touch that hand. Let's not even talk about Sissons getting, uh, what was it, the holding call when the Islanders were holding his stick. 
Yeah. And Lavi, and Lavi got a bench miner for that, that was too fun. after that. That was hilarious. So, oh, if you saw that, Matt, about that bench miner. Mm-hmm. They didn't even announce it in the crowd, like what was going on. They just said bench miner yeah. and put us right back in the box. And everyone was fuming. And of course, we look up on the freaking screen and all you can see is an Islander is coming in holding his stick. And of course, this is the problem now with that rule. I understand they're trying to protect players. But now anything that is remotely close to the hands, they're calling it. And Thank I'm you, like, Sidney Crosby. And I'm like, dude, it can't go both ways where, hey, if I'm holding someone's stick and I'm still going to get a penalty call for it, th- that's ridiculous. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. And Lavi had some choice words, and that's why we ended up back in the box after the power play. But it, it's just, I think defensemen are, have become timid because of that. And they're going to have to adjust their you know, defensive strategy. I, I don't know if that's pinning up against the boards, but if someone's coming in with speed in the zone, you better be watching out because you know they're going to try that power move on you now because you can't reach out and hold them with the stick. They keep this up, are going to be a peewee league. Um, I don't know. It's just frustrating to watch. Um, well, they're already phasing the live. enforcers out, so now they're starting to phase the, um, well, the more rougher penalties, you know, the slashes and the hookers and stuff like that, things that can injure people. And I'm all for protecting players. It like I said, anything that even remotely looks like it's close to the hands right now, they're calling it, and that's because of Sidney Crosby. So, I'm just gonna have to come up with a creative solution, kind of like the other day I saw Zetterberg was able to draw a creative penalty against him, and what he did was he took the defender's stick that was coming up behind him. The stick was in front of Zetterberg. He took the stick and shoved it down as his skates and made the guy trip him. For he drew the tripping call, but he Zetterberg took the opponent's stick and put it in his own skates and tripped himself, but with the opponent's stick. Wow, that's a creative solution. Wow, <laughs> I mean, goodness, give him props, but that's a for creativity. But yeah, I don't think that's quite what we're going for. No, no, that is not. So, all right, well, I guess that's enough talk of the games for the week and all the defensive goalie musings. So. <laughs> Let's get into our top five, boys. All right. All we're right. still continuing our trend even through the, the regular season here. Yes, we're going to keep doing it as long as we possibly can. And our top five for this week, we decided to pick our top five stats. A, a very good one, considering all the things that are happening right now in the league. Yeah. So There's this, a lot this going is going to be interesting because I kind of did a mixture of Preds and league stuff, but I'm interested to see if everyone goes like just all around the league or just Predators. So I kind of went all over the uh, division. So Over the division? So you didn't do the league? Not league, but I was like, you know, little division here, little division here. Mm, okay. So we'll see. What's m- your number five? My number five, and I got to preface this. Preface. Preface it. Yes, preface it. The Coyotes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I did not early. put it on my list because I knew one of you were going <laughs> to talk about this. Yes. So... Here's a, here's a couple of fun facts for this. The NHL record for the longest <laughs> winless streak to start the season is 15 games. Oh, my God. Take a guess who has it. The 1943 Rangers. Yes. Wow. That almost sounds like you Matt have. might have had the Coyotes on his list, too. Go ahead. So, yep, you are right. The New York Rangers, in the 43-44 season, they had 14 losses and one tie. Man. Now, the Coyotes... Tied the record for the second longest winless streak to start the season <laughs> when they lost the Devils in New Jersey on Saturday. It's like, dang, guys. And they says, now Arizona now shares that streak with three other teams. The 
Pittsburgh Pirates before they became the Penguins. Oh my goodness. 27-28. Way back. The 73-74 Minnesota North Stars and the 95-96 San Jose Sharks. Man. It it, it was bad. It was terrible. I'm not going to lie. I was listening to the game (laughs) with the Coyotes when they went into overtime because I was like, oh my God, they're getting a point tonight, which is already a big deal. And as against the Flyers, which is not a shabby team. So I was like, man, they're going to get a point. Maybe they can eke this one out. And it was like 30 seconds left. <laughs> they finally netted it. And their radio announcer never sounded so happy. You would have thought they had won the Stanley Cup. He was like, finally, the boys taste sweet victory. And I'm <laughs> oh like, gosh. I was like, geez. <laughs> I'm like, way to get that monkey off your bat. But I was very, I was actually happy for them to win a game because they needed it. Their fans needed it. Because that it's team has had so much drama from the possibility <laughs> of leaving Glendale. Because where are they going to go? Going to go to Seattle? Go to Quebec? I mean, they would love to have the Nordics come back. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's been bad. I don't see how they can stay right now where they're at. Where they're playing terrible and in their, they're in a city removed basically from the hub. It, it's just not a, it's not a good recipe for... Uh, for a, a hockey club right now. so I'm very surprised the head think, coach stayed as long as he did. Well, I think their owner a few years ago said that he wasn't going to sell because he just liked it and wasn't going to give it up. So he wasn't ready to move the team even though they were having some woes, you know. Boy, he must be paying through the nose, though, to own that team. Props to him because, you know, I mean, he's probably taking his share of beating already this year. Yeah, yeah it's it's been bad. I'll be surprised by the looks of it. I'll be surprised if the Coyotes aren't the bottom team in the league this year. I know we've been kind of throwing a couple of names out who might be the worst, the Devils. No, it's, or, it's totally going to be the it's Coyotes. It's going to be the Coyotes. Yeah. They're not, they're, not even, they're not even close to being good. Yeah. It's, it's almost sad. They'll occasionally have their one night where they might win a game, kind of like the other night against the Flyers where they the might Flyers were well having tank. a bad night. They were having a a good night for them, and it just happened to they happened to eke it out. But it they are bad. Watch, it's, they're going to tank. They're going to get a good draft pick that's coming up, and they're going to rock the league next. Sh- that would be awesome. No. So Daniel, what's your number five? Okay, my number five, and we kind of already touched on this, and that would be the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. And let's talk about this. Eleven games, and as of now, this recording on Halloween. They are 8-3. and three. They did lose to the Rangers tonight, which is not a surprise considering my other stat. This is yeah. their fourth goalie. Are you kidding me? If you would have told me that an expansion team would play the first 11 games and be ranked 8-3 and three in the league and have four goaltenders in that time, so you lose your first string, you lose your second string, you lose your third string, who comes in and has a shutout, by the way. Then you put in a fourth string goalie now. We're on our fourth string goalie, and they are uh, 11 games in, 8-3, and three, and have a plus 10 goal differential. Thank you, James Neal. Yes, yes. Largely in part, James Neal is carrying the offense for that team, but it is, it's mind-boggling. I think Vegas needs to hire a new strength and conditioning coach. The, the, <laughs> the odds of that happening are so low, and then I think... It's Vegas. Yeah. What do you know? Never, Never tell, tell me, me the odds. I, I know. <laughs> Never tell me the odds. And what do you know? It's Vegas, and they're the ones doing this. Very suiting for them and that city. And I, I can't help but root for them. I mean, they're the underdogs. That they're, we were there 10 years ago. We're the, we're the newer franchise team. So I, I have to root for them. And everything that's happened this year with them, man, 
props to them. Vegas is hot right now. I hope they keep it up with their fourth string goalie. They got hammered tonight, though. I mean, six goals against. Uh, I, they're going to have to get one of their three goalies back. So, uh, who knows? Well, my number five is going right back to what Kyle said about the Coyotes. <laughs> uh, they finally got a win in OT, but my stat for them was that they started the year 0-10-1. And, mm. and uh, mm. But uh, we are kind of already talked about it. The uh, one good thing, though, is as a, another subject is my vacuum cleaner uh, broke this weekend. So, <laughs> so what I did was I put my Coyotes jersey on my vacuum cleaner, and it sucked again. So wow, <laughs> props so for creativity on that. <laughs> You've been waiting all week. Yeah, I've been holding that one in. When did yeah. that joke come to you? Probably at night. Yeah, probably midnight. Yeah, Two I get a night. lot of hockey dreams. Actually, it's probably in my dreams. Yeah. Well, you play a lot, yeah. and you watch a lot. True. Play and being you play NHL 18. Oh, I don't play in the real NHL? <laughs> no, no. You, do you not can't play. even play beer league. Yeah. All right. Well, my number four is something I did not expect to say this season. And that is Nikita Kucherov yeah. leads the league with 13 goals. I'm a Caps fanboy. <laughs> Kyle's like shrugging <laughs> right now. You can't see like, it. What do you, what do you say? Who would expect that Tampa would be doing this well? They're on fire. They they were the Tampa Bay that should have been last year. Do you remember that coming in the last season, preseason, they were like, oh, man, Tampa's going to be a real contender for the Cup this year. And then they tank. I, I mean, it was bad. One, Stamkos was out. He really drives that team, by the uh, way. Yeah. Uh, I even said that in a previous episode, that Stamkos is the machine. But, man, killer. So that the top five, not top five, this is a top ten list I had. And Philip Forsberg made it. Yes, he Number did. Nine. He, he's he's looking good, which we'll talk more about later. And my personal favorite of Alex Ovechkin was number three. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Sorry, second round exit person. Yeah. All right, get to your number four. All right, number four. Pretty straightforward. Maybe not a lot of people are aware of this. But so far, Ryan Johansson doesn't have a goal this year. I'm aware. I'm aware. It, it's kind of a little depressing because he's come out pretty slow this year. He does have six assists. I'll give him that. He is doing his job as a center, but he just doesn't have the the explosiveness yet, and I think some of that injury is still plaguing him as far as the offseason. He wasn't able to condition as much as he probably would have liked to where he was trying to heal, rather. I, I think he'll get it kicking in gear. How do you feel then, since he has six assists, that he is number three on our points? That goes back to our point earlier where mm-hmm. literally Forsberg is our offense. Granted, I will give a second star who doesn't, he might not be lighting up the points right now, but that is Scott Hartnell. Yeah. Let me just say, he might only have, what is it, three points right now for us total? He's got five points, actually. He's got five, so he's got three goals, two assists? Correct. Boom. That man is in front of the goal every time Junkyard he dog. can. He is Blocking, he knows exactly where to be to be in front of the goalkeeper to block his sight. Yossi's go. Uh, I mean, he just knows where to be because that is his old brand style That's of old hockey. Old school hockey, and I freaking love it. He's beating people. He is physical. He is all up in that crease, and that will only help us later on and in the playoffs when that style comes in way more effective. And I, I honestly think he's been one of our best assets that we gained over the the offseason. He looks fantastic. The numbers might not show it 
but the eye test does. Yeah. If you're there watching the game, you know that Scott Hartnell has been a beast this season. That's just a that's a side that's a side stat for you. So there there you go. There's my number four. Well, my number four, I've got one. I picked I picked it specifically because I knew you guys wouldn't, and he's a personal favorite of mine. He's probably my favorite player in the NHL. And that is Jumbo Joe is now twentieth all time in scoring. That's a good stat. With thirteen hundred and ninety nine goals. Or I'm sorry, points. That'd be goal. That's incredible. Yeah. I'll say that's a lot. Twentieth wow. all time with basically fourteen hundred points. Still twentieth all time. He um he's a Hall of Famer. For sure. Oh, he definitely I, I will mean, be going. He, he he's legit. And I I personally love him. I like his style. He's just a good dude. And uh, he plays the game right, and it's nice to see him finally hit that elite—I mean, elite—level in hockey. So, and they had—they played uh, Toronto the other night. It might have been a night or two I was watching it, and after the game, I saw pictures of Patrick Marlowe came back there to talk to him, and you know they hugged and, and hung out for a little bit because they're good buddies. And oh yeah, it was just such a classy act to see the way San Jose, you know, respected Patrick Marlowe coming back, and uh, it was awesome to see. And Joe Thornton just gives me that class respect. He's the kind of guy you look for, and. So he's my number four, 20th all-time, Jumbo Joe Thornton. He's the best. Go ahead, Kyle. What's your number three? Well, my number three is kind of going back to a playoff prediction that I made. Oh. And that was that Carolina <laughs> would, make, would make the playoffs. But I did say they were possibly a bubble team. And so far, <laughs> how's, your, how's your bubble so far? <laughs> so far, they proved me right that they're a bubble team that's going to pop. Shooting that double bubble. So... There it is. He's been hiding under a bush. Scott Darling went to uh, the Hurricanes because he wanted to be a starting goaltender. He felt like he'd be in the shadow of Corey Crawford oh, for Justin, way too long. Justin Williams is there too. And that makes me so so oh. now that he is out of the shadow of Crawford, he's played eight games. He has a .897 in eight games. Wow. He's Compared to last year as a backup in Chicago. Now, he's played more games in Chicago, but 32 games last season for Chicago, he had a .924. That's insane. That's startling difference. I mean, a startling difference. His backup, Eddie Lack, who was the starting goaltender for Carolina, has is played... now the starting goaltender in Carolina. Yeah, Eddie Lack has played two games. 0.853. They're struggling. I need them to do better. I need that. Your preseason bubble yeah. has already burst. You're putting a lot of faith in a team that's very average. And yeah, what what are they ranked right now? Where where are we at? I have no idea. You didn't even look up their stats as far as like where they're placed. I'm sure they're toward the bottom. I don't care about them so much. I didn't even look them up. Ten games played, four, four and two. That's all right. That's okay, Kyle. Pretty good. I mean, they're they're within they're within spitting distance. If they got some goalie to back them up in that, then they'd have a little something. They've played three games less than Detroit and have only three less points. Like I said, sorry. a bubble. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thanks for I'm interjecting looking, that. Mm. Looking right at, right at So, me. yeah, that's my number hey, three. We got to win tonight, so put that in there. You did. Carolina. The Coyotes. The Coyotes, <laughs> Matt. Hey, a win's you a scored win. how many goals in like 30 seconds? Two? Two goals in yeah. two minutes. There you go. But it's the Coyotes, so. Yeah. They suck. <laughs> they do. They fix vacuum cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as stated earlier. <laughs> All right, Daniel, what's your number three? Well, this was alluded to earlier, but I'm going to go a little bit different route i'm gonna go the pairing of stamkos and kucherov yeah i'm gonna break this down a little bit so uh respectively they have 24 and 21 points so stamkos has 24 uh kucherov has 21 through 13 games 
Are you kidding me? That is an elite pairing. I mean, that's the definition of it. Oh, absolutely. Stamkos has six goals and 18 assists. This goes back to my preseason idea, or not even an idea. This is a fact now that he was driving that team. And when he went out last year, for sure, you saw him tank. Kucherov really carried him. But look at this. Kucherov now has 13 goals through 13 games. He's averaging a goal a game right now with eight assists. Incredible. You, you can't... Uh, right now, they are the best pair in the league. I don't care what people they say. No doubt. I don't want to hear There's Malkin no and Crosby. I don't want to hear... They are the best right now, and that is hands down. Can they keep that up the whole year? Who knows? But They'll right hit their now, eventually. Right, yeah, they will. But right now, through 13 games, they are hot. I mean, absolutely smoking hot. All right. Well, that brings me to my number three. I'm going to bring this one a little close to home. We've danced around it a little bit today. And that is that Forsberg has gotten six goals, his first six goals of the year. This year, it took him 26 fewer games to achieve that mark. And we mentioned how that he's providing such big offense for you guys and that he's been a slow starter. So the fact that he's gotten to those first six goals in 26 games faster is remarkable because now he's going to even get that new heights and go to a new level from what he did last year. I'm going to talk more later. <laughs> no comment. Fair enough. So go ahead, Kyle. All right. With your number two. Number two? We sure? <laughs> <laughs> okay, my number two. Is a bit Preds related. It's a bit, just a tad just a bit. bit. We're going to reach far out west, to make a comparison here. So, if it wasn't for Oscar Dansk, oh my god, and his shutout debut, Rene would be leading the league in goals against average at one point eight six. Oh, so Dansk kind of skewed it just because he has like what? Well, if you only two play games, one, yeah, game, you can't yeah. count that. You can't count it. Let's do a ten or like a five game minimum. Yeah. Yes, Pekka is. On point right now. You can't count it, but the fact the stat is still there. Yes. So you can't even think about it. So, like I said, he leads the league in goals against average at 1.86, which is now second. His .940 save percentage is fourth in the league of goaltenders. And he's only allowed 15 goals and 252 shots. Wow. Which is 17th, actually. Wow. So He's been solid. I mean, he's, he's already dialed solid. in, like we said. Uh, it's it's incredible. One point that that's an incredible goals against, especially for the caliber teams we've already fought. Uh, you know, in in this early season. So I hope he keeps it up. I don't want him regressing back. I mean, if he keeps that up, and then we start gaining key defensive, like you know, cohesiveness and Ellis back. Yeah, that consistency we're looking good. is going to come as it as so. it goes on. Hashtag Renee Wall. <laughs> the Finnish Wall. Where's he at? All right, what's your number two, Daniel? All right, number two. We're going to go to the Central Division because it's a little crazy right now if, if anyone hasn't noticed. Yep. And I first want to talk about the St. Louis Blues. They kind of had a hot, hot, uh, hot October there, uh, wouldn't you say? Very hot. Because they have currently 21 points with 13 games played and a plus 14 goal differential. Wow. Killed it out of the gates. How much that's Tarasenko, though? You know, to be honest, just looking at it, they're pretty spread out right now. 
And they're missing some pieces. They're too. missing some pieces. Um, their goaltending's been solid. They're just overall playing well and have come out of the gates hot. One side note, as a Blues fan, I would be very cautious because I guarantee this is not going to last the entire year. And that said, are you dumping it all at the right time? Are you using the magic when you need it towards the end of the season or in the playoffs? It'll be interesting to see where they, they end up. and Because, you know, teams get on these streaks where they get really hot. Like the Blues last like, year. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting to note, like, Teams that tend to make those long playoff runs start looking better towards the end of the season. Are they using all the magic up now? It'll be interesting to see. But listen to this. So the next closest team right now, as of tonight, is Winnipeg with 11 games played and 14 points. Yeah, I know. This is You're chuckling because the Central Division is crazy right now. Listen to this. Winnipeg, 14 points. Dallas, 14 points. Colorado, 12 points. Nashville, 12 points. Chicago, 12 points in sixth. And Minnesota, ten points, but in seventh. But the but there's four points variation from second to yeah. seventh, and then there's a gap that literally jumps seven more points to the Blues. That will come down. The gap will decrease. But it is nuts how the Central Division is going to be this competitive throughout the entire year, and I, that goes back to what we said. I mean, we gave our preseason predictions on where everyone was going to end up. It's going to come down to the last freaking week. I, I mean, it is so tight. Four-point spread between seventh and second. It really hurts the soul, kind of, when you think about these teams are just that competitive with each other. And I don't care what you say about the Metro. The Metro's competitive. But the Central, to me, is the most competitive of all the divisions. Yeah. All uh, Every single Central Division team could make the playoffs if they wanted to. That, that's how competitive the Central Division. You can't say that about the Metro. Granted, the Metro has like, you know, the three or four superstars that always stand out. Which is, top yeah, end, you're going to have like three teams that make over 100, but then the rest are like whew, way down. There's a huge drop-off where, like, well, like we said, the last two games will decide seeding for the Central. It always does. And it's looking like it's going to be like that this year. Four-point spread between seventh and second. It's insane right now, but... Congratulations, Blues, on the hot hot start. We'll see where you end up. Well, so. you know, what's not dropping off is my number two. We already mentioned them. It is the pairing of Stamkos and Kucherov. What do you know? Lightning strikes again. They have – I got a slightly different stat than you. It is that in their 13 games they've played, Stamkos and Kucherov have both at least a point in 12 out of the 13 games. Incredible. Incredible. They are the hottest pair They are the production of that offense, which scares me a little bit for them because if they dry up offensively or production-wise, you're going to see that team start going on losing streaks and then people are going to start freaking out because they're going to be like, oh my God, we we were doing so well. I mean, they're top of the league right now. I just hope Stamkos stays healthy. Yeah. Because them two together are lights out. I've always thought Stamkos was the prolific scorer that Ovechkin is, but his problem is he's always hurt. So I give Stamkos a lot of credit, and, and the watchability factor is great on him. Oh, yeah. But I just hope he doesn't get hurt because it is great to see them uh, succeed right now and succeed together. They play aggressive styles, and that kind of lends into the injuries, especially with Stamkos. But I, like you said, they're the best. I said they're the best pairing right now. Let's see if they can keep it up. But All right, well, we'll get to my number one now. So if I asked you to pick a bad goaltender, <laughs> who do you think of? Ooh. 
Soros. Wow. That hurts. That's a back. He, I think he said, let's do starting goaltenders. Just Darling. goaltender in general. I don't care. Uh, Roasted. Darling. Maybe. Well, first of all, the Rangers have not looked good. Oh, the Canadians have not looked good. The, the Price so, and Lundqvist have not looked good. So Lundqvist and Price, we can say. Let's pick both of them. Yeah. Okay. Which hurts me because I really like Lundqvist. <laughs> yeah. And I like Price too. I like both of them. They just have not looked good this year. I mean, they've been terrible. Okay. So um, there's a team in South <laughs> Uh, in the south of Florida, I wouldn't say south, south of Florida. Florida. I wouldn't so, say I was trying to say South Florida. But I was like, nope, that's the uh, the Lightning. So you got the Panthers in Florida. They are currently twenty seventh in the league, and in their division, they are currently sixth. Wow. So if anybody happens to know what happened over the off season, Dallas got rid of a goaltender mm, yeah, who got yeah. shipped to Pittsburgh. He did. Yeah. And keep going with the storyline. It, it gets it gets, <laughs> gets more better. <laughs> yeah, it gets, so, it gets um, more better. <laughs> Anti Naomi lasted three games in Pittsburgh. Let me pull up my little stat block here. In those three games, All the he paper. got a point seven nine seven save percentage. Mm-hmm. So the Pittsburgh said, "You know what? We're done with you. We're done already." They got it was after their last loss. They got roasted like seven to one. Dude, or they got yeah. hammered. There's no in between for Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. it's either they win or they lose by it's, eight points. It's usually it's been on back to back nights when they've been getting hammered. But when they lose, they get drilled. They're by the way, their goal differential. They're ninth in the league, but they're a minus fourteen because those nights that they're off, they're off, they tank hard. I'm talking like. Five, six negative goal. I mean, that that will hurt them later on in the season, though. Like, So that's going to come back and bite them. So they ship him off on waivers, and the Panthers pick him up. <laughs> pick him up on waivers. What a steal. <laughs> I know, right? He has played one game with Florida. Surprisingly, he didn't win. <laughs> oh, cold, cold-blooded right there, Kyle. 0.889. Not bad. <laughs> You're right at that point nine hundred mark where they want you to be at. But at what point do people realize that this guy is not an NHL goalie? He was an NHL goalie. He was. is getting older and slower. His favorite meal has become Swiss cheese. Goalies I mean, are is... a fickle beast, man. They're great one year, and then they can slump off and drop off. I can, you can't place too much stock in a goalie. It's the equivalent of an NFL kicker. Very streaky. You might have one good one for two, three years, and then gone, ship him off, get some new guy in here who's hot and streaky. But well, I, I, I wish the Panthers well. <laughs> you probably made a really bad transaction you're going to regret later on, but I wish you guys the best because you're not making the playoffs with that. <laughs> so oh, that was my Kyle. number one just because when I saw him get put on waivers, I was like, surely no one's going to pick him up. Mm-hmm, wrong. Nope, Panthers. And they're they're just the sucker team that would pick him up. You know, it's like really. I mean, I don't know. Well, I wish him the best. Maybe he'll fit better in their system and and survive a little better there. But he we'll did see. not fit in Pittsburgh system. Yeah. That's for obviously darn not. sure. He got hammered. I, I mean, that was bad, so bad. All right, well, Daniel, what's your number one? All right, number one, already been touched on before. Well, I'm gonna go with Scoresburg. <laughs> so hot. He's so hot right now. And uh, we had talked about this earlier, but he does now hold the uh, franchise record for the hottest start in October. He now has eight goals and five assists in 11 games played. So I think I updated mine because you, you talked about six six goals. Yeah. Um, it took him 36 games 
uh, in last season, which, by the way, was December 30th. That's that's mind-boggling. That's two months from now, but he already has the same amount of goals. Granted, a couple weeks later, Forsberg has back-to-back hat tricks, and then a goal, and then a goal, and then two goals. So it was like six games. Like It's ridiculous. That week was an anomaly, but that said... He has gotten off to the start that we needed him to get off to in an October. He is looking dangerous from everywhere. He, he's not just scoring the goals that are bad. He is scoring great goals, top shelfers. Let me just say Fiala drove in against the Flyers. Great move. Forsberg's there to pick up the scraps, which that's another thing. Forsberg has been driving to the net more than he's ever been, and he's been picking up those scrap goals in front. But he picked up that that loose puck, and there's a gaping net from where Fiala had already done his move. And instead of just chipping it in, what does he do? He buries that sucker top shelf underneath the bar with an empty net. I mean, he's not getting back up. Goalie, goalie's already down. That just elevate that, that puck. But, but what does he do? He doesn't just shoot it as soon as he sees it. He waits. He waits, waits, waits all the way to the other side of the post and buries it top shelf. That tells me he's dialed in. He didn't just see a puck and shoot it. He had he, confidence, he had in confidence shot too. and he had enough thought and mental process where he's like, I'm not just going to chip it in and get the easy goal. I'm going to make sure I rub it in and hit yeah. it top shelf. That's a good point. He is mentally dialed in this year. And that's what I've noticed. And like I said, he's going to the net. He's getting those, you know, chippy goals too. If he keeps it up, he's going to hit 40 goals. He will hit that elite mark yeah. this year. I, I, he is becoming a superstar. You're, you're seeing it right now, and we're getting a bargain for it. We will get a bargain for it if he continues that production over the next several years. Who knows? If he keeps this up, I, I cannot wait to see his stats by the end of the year. I just hope he doesn't hit a slump. But if he keeps doing what he's doing right now, I don't see how he hits a slump. He's averaged it out, and it's not like he's had one game where he scored a hat trick, and then the next game he scored a hat trick like last year. You know, he has a amazing week and he scores like 10 goals in a week. He's averaged it out through the month. And then what happens if he does hit a hot week? I, I mean, you're, you're talking a major breakout year for Forsberg. I cannot wait till the end of the year. We'll see where it happens. And please do not dry up in the playoffs because <laughs> he was non-existent in the playoff last year. But he seems to be doing all the right things and he's mentally focused, like I said, with that. That open net goal proved it. Well, he's for sure getting shots on net, and that brings me to my number one, something that uh, we haven't mentioned yet. So I always like that. I like to go out with a bang, something we hadn't mentioned yet, is the Washington Capitals. You're going to love this one, Kyle. Kyle. Yes, thank you. They have allowed 36 or more shots against in seven out of their 12 games, which is more than they did the entire last season in 12 games. Why would you break my heart like that? (laughs) <laughs> they got some woes going on. Whoa, Nelly, and they are 23rd in the league right now. Yeah, they get are, you some of that. They are, by the way, 12 games in, 5-6-1. and one. Not the start. They do not look like a president winning. Hashtag not elite, Kyle. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> not a President's Cup winner. Maybe that's their recipe. We do not win the President's tru- uh, you know, okay Trophy with this that. year. And then we finally beat the Penguins in the playoffs. Well, they do that, to... they would never win the President's Trophy again. <laughs> yeah, they're tanking every year. Like, they're in the lead for the President's Trophy? No. 
pull everybody out. Look, they handi- handicapped themselves Handic- the first month of the game. That way, they having to make up for it. In the yeah, end. and then they finish like second. What they'll yeah. do is they see it, they go, "Oh, we're going to win the trophy." Go on the ice. Who here wants to play against an AHL team? <laughs> yeah, stands? yeah. All their AHL players all of a sudden have a ton of ice time. I don't know. We'll see where they end up. They just don't look. They don't look solid right now. Other than Ovi, Ovi came out firing, but he's slacked off now, Kyle. All the crap I get. You ready to take that sweater off and burn it yet? Nope, I will never because this is a comfortable sweater. Regardless how bad the Capitals do, I will never take the sweater off. Mm, okay. Except when it gets in summertime and it gets way too hot, then it has to come off. I would hope so. Well, guys, I think that will do it for the week. Before we sign out, Daniel, what games do we have coming up? All right. So tomorrow, on the 1st of November, we have San Jose Sharks. On the 3rd, Friday, we'll have the Anaheim Ducks. And we're going to play a back-to-back against the Kings, which that's going to be that's going to be a rough game. Hardly any sleep, and then you're facing one of the best teams in the league right Kings now. Kings are hot right now. Very hot. So that's on the 4th. On the 7th, Tuesday, we'll be facing the Columbus Blue Jackets. Just to have a couple days off and come home for a Saturday game against Pittsburgh. And then to round it all out, we're going to have another Tuesday game on the 14th of November against the Washington Capitals. So pretty tough stretch coming up. You're talking three Pacific games back-to-back, then Columbus, then Pittsburgh, then <laughs> Capitals. I'm we'll going to be s- conflicted for that game. Oh, whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we uh, we fare come this this road trip. It seems like we yeah four, four away, two at home. I might and, have to get a um, Capitals-Preds jersey. Split down the middle. No. God, no. It's blasphemy, Kyle. We will try to update you during that game because we'll be recording on the 14th as well. So, Yep. And during the games that we are not recording, we will be live tweeting. Correct. Um, if you would like to follow our live tweets or ask us a question, you can find us on Twitter at Music City Gold. If you want to follow me, you can find me at Kyle Hancock and Matt has a Twitter at MattBain31. And for the third time in a row, somebody still does not have a Twitter. Who's that? I've been a little busy, Kyle. I'll get to it. I promise. No, I've promised twice, but I'll get to it. They say third time's a charm. That was a lie. Mm, This would be the third time, I'm pretty sure, but I will get to it. But send us your questions. Please send us your questions. Yeah, send us your questions. We love to hear from people. We do have a growing fan base on Twitter. We do get a lot of interactions back and forth, and I think we're getting pretty good at live tweeting the games. Yeah, we're getting there. Y'all, y'all have provided a very steady stream of content, and uh, it's a lot harder than it looks. Yeah, it, it's very hard at the game because you're trying to watch the game and then trying to tweet at the same time. Yeah. That, that's really tough. So it, it's been nice because some of us have been at the games, and then others have been at home watching like online, so they can either pause it and you know update all of our followers. So give us a give us a following. Please send us your questions for the next episode. We would love you if you did. This has been Music City Gold, hosted by Penalty Box Radio. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you on the ice.